back for another episode of Rabbit Ears, and today is a little bit different than normal because the episode that I would planned to record is getting pushed back, and spur of the moment, we are doing a new episode, a new show to cover. Um, so today, we are going to be talking about community, and I've got my buddy, Paul. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. I've got my spirit animal, <laughs> Paul Prezula, from the Countdown Podcast, here to join me to talk about this, let's call it a bipolar show, maybe? That's not bad. I like that. That's good. <laughs> How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. Thank you, Spirit Animal Ashley. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Even if we are talking a slightly different TV show than we had planned, it's uh, uh, this is a great one. Well, it starts out great anyway. Yeah. So we had this episode planned already for me and Paul to record with Gerald. We're going to talk about Seinfeld, which we're going to be rescheduling, so stay tuned for that. But when we had to make some last minute changes, I looked at my little sheet of everything that I have going on and I was like, what show can I talk about that I've seen enough to be able to just do it on the fly? And my spirit animal, Paul, and I just talked about top five TV sitcoms not that long ago on Two Peas on a Podcast, and we matched number five, which is Community. Yay! So, we'd already planned to talk tonight. We already have a similar vibe on this show, so it kind of worked out like a little spirit animal thing would. <laughs> All the stars align when it comes to you and me, Paul. That's I'm it. telling you. That, that is definitely it. And so, and here we be, and, and this is exciting because, like I said, this show, there's a lot to talk about with it, and it's because it just covers so much ground, and it's so, so out there in some ways, as is Dan Harmon's yeah. penchant. Uh, but yeah, we, we'll get to that all in due course. Absolutely. Look at you dropping the fancy words, by the way. <laughs> That's it. That's I my like one and that. only expended for the day. That was the word of the day on your calendar? Uh, probably. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> well, Paul, for those listeners who may not have heard of your podcast, do you want to give us a brief little overview of what you and Wayne do over there? Sure. Wayne and I, we're obviously an Australian podcast, just in case you're wondering what the weird Wait, what the fuck? Accent. You're Australian? <laughs> we're not in Chicago. Next thing you're going to tell me you have a 4K TV. What the fuck? <laughs> And we each week count down some kind of list from 10 to 1, usually related to a film that we're reviewing, but less so in the coming year because we've exhausted all the link obvious linkages. So we're going to be moving on to just doing random countdowns that we want to do and have been saving up. And uh, we basically argue about each other's choices, call each other some choice names, and we are most definitely not safe for fucking work. No, no, you cunts are not safe for work at all. <laughs> Neither is my show, though, so if you like the swearing that we drop over here, then you'll love the shit that Wayne puts together, because goddamn. Yeah, he's creative. Yeah, I don't know how he comes up with some of the shit he does, but I've actually introduced some of those into my vocabulary on a regular basis. (laughs) He would be stoked to hear it. (laughs) They all just come out so randomly and, you know, in the moment, I can't really plan to record it for him. But at some point, I will get to say them to him live. That'd be all. Yeah, absolutely. There, that day is coming, Ashley, when you're on the show and you two can just badmouth each other with Wayneisms back and forth. I'm going to have to have my microphone uh, recording volume at like a 0.4 for that day. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> if you want to get a little bit of Paul's TV, what's the word I'm looking for? History? Likeness. Yeah, history. Thank you. Uh, Then you can listen to our eighth episode of season one, which is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, which he tells us all about the shows that he likes and loves from past to present. Um, So what we're going to do instead of rehashing all that is take our snapshot of 2009, which is when Community aired, and give you guys that feeling that you had back in the day. See if you can bring up all those memories. Paul, I'm going to not even pretend like I didn't troll you a little bit with some of the stuff I picked out on here. So we'll see (laughs) if you can pick it out. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> the TV shows that were big that year were Mad Men, Glee, Breaking Bad, Lost, which I trolled myself on that one. <laughs> Fucking uh, 30 Rock and Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. You're into the sci-fi. So did you watch Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. Yeah, I did watch it. Uh, I did like it for the most part, but I thought it had a really awful, god-awful ending. So it kind of soured me a bit. I have not watched a single episode. That's one I'll get to eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Worth a watch, worth a watch. But it's one of those shows where there's just some episodes of complete duds and you're like, ugh, I sat there and watched that whole thing for what? Well, see, because I'm not really a big fan. My three genres I'm not a huge fan of, generally speaking, and of course there's exceptions, are Westerns. Lost. Uh, lost and Lost. Yeah. No, I'm speaking generally. Fuck Lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm never... I, first, I, it gets mentioned on every fucking episode. I might do a compilation <laughs> of every episode of Rabbit Ears and pick out where Lost is mentioned. because Call it, it, call it the Lost Tapes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like westerns. I don't like sci-fi that happens in space, and I don't like um, dystopian <gasps> futures. Uh, generally Does that mean speaking, you don't like Firefly. I haven't seen Firefly. Ooh, that might change your mind. Well, That's all I'm gonna say. When we do Firefly, because it's gonna be you and me and Chris Braden all reconnecting. I hope to God, for your sake, it's not gonna be a lost situation where I watch it for the first time <laughs> and shit us. all over. I'm not going to. I never do. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us in suspense. <laughs> it's gonna. It's easy. It's only thirteen episodes, right? Is that correct? If even, yeah, something. Yeah, it's about thirteen, and and a movie. It's probably worth watching the movie to finish it all, all up. Okay, well. I can do that. I'll do that just for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> the movies for that year: Inglorious Bastards. I fucking love that movie. By the way, it's amazing. It's a good film, but I've only ever watched it once, <gasps> so I need to revisit. It's honestly that's surpassed Pulp Fiction for me. Ooh, that's a big, big call. Although I'm, I'm a, I'm more a Reservoir Dogs person. You and I are very much aligned in our likes for the most part. So I have a feeling if you revisit it, you could, you could appreciate a lot of okay. it. Even Dan likes it, and Dan hates everything, and he and I never agree on anything. <laughs> There's a podcast name. We both agreed on Dan hates everything. <laughs> Dan and I are actually workshopping a podcast called. You, like, you hate everything I like, or how can you hate that, or yep. something like that, where we go back and there forth on shit that I like that he hates, and then we rewatch and reevaluate. So, we'll see. Nice. Yeah. Um, Avatar came out that year. Mm. The Hangover, Ugh. 17 again. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Coraline. <laughs> oh, that's the only A movie film. I actually... <laughs> Sorry, go on. That's a good one. Go, no, go ahead. That's the only film that's ever given my daughter nightmares. Really? That movie was fucking good. I saw it, I think it was in 3D, but I saw it in the theaters by myself, but I was like, wow, that was a really good movie. What's a bit odd when she watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and had no problems at all? Whoa. No, I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking. I was going to say, uh, (laughs) now I feel Uh, like you when uh, Caleb mentions his dad. That was awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just to clarify, that's a complete joke. The hardest thing she's ever watched would be The Goonies, I would say. Okay. Sloth is very disturbing, though. She loves Sloth. Really? Hey, you guys. May- <laughs> Maybe I'm a bad person. <laughs> it's possible. Ooh. Uh, a movie that I actually walked out of, Where the Wild Things Are. Never fucking, seen it. That mo- oh, it sucks. You would hate it. Okay. It's fucking terrible. Did you ever read the book? Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, Yeah, the book's sure. great. The fucking movie was awful. When you try to make an hour and a half or longer movie out of a book that's like 15 pages... It's not going to go well. A lot of filler. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Twilight came out that year. Oh, fucking hell. 
Yes, well, uh, we all, well, no, your listeners won't know, my listeners know my thoughts on the Twilight series of films and the books to a lesser extent. And I, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are Twilight fans and uh, more power to you if you got something out of it. But uh, for the rest of us who are older than a certain age, it's just, no, I can't even say that because there's lots of housewives, usually my age, who love the shit out of that stuff. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's, oh God, this is going to sound really shitty. I think it's an IQ thing. <laughs> Oh, I wasn't going there, but okay. I'll go there for you. I'm not afraid to say it. I'll take whatever hate mail comes my way. It doesn't affect me. Uh, and then the other movie that I'm going to troll you with was Angels and Demons, because I know how much you love Dan oh, Brown. God, Dan fucking Brown. <laughs> if there is an award for someone who should not be as rich as he is off a literary slash creative endeavor, Dan Brown wins the fuck out of it. All he is is a consummate <laughs> researcher. Stephanie Meyer? At least Stephanie Meyer created some kind of creative idea. All Dan Brown does is research shit and then string it together. It might as well be a fucking thesis. And each book is exactly the same as the last book. Anyway, that's my other <laughs> podcast, Literary Critique. Oh my God, we're gonna have so, we're gonna have like a Podfix Junior Network. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. All of our little brainchilds that we come up with afterwards. Fuck. All right, I, I call dibs on that name, by the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the music from that year we had Single Ladies from Beyonce. Love Game by Lady Gaga, Womanizer. I actually fucking love that song, Womanizer, by Britney Spears. In honor of Gerald, who couldn't be here, Love Story by Taylor Swift. Oh, God, Gerald. (laughs) Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z and Lilisha Keys. And for your co-host, Party in the USA. (laughs) There's a good reason I checked out of current themes or, or trends in music in about 2005, and that list just described it perfectly. Yeah. I mean, I fucking love Party in the USA, though. That's mm. a great pop song. Sure. Okay. <laughs> we might. That might be where you and I differ. I've got a yeah. really... I think I've got a broader range of music that I enjoy than, than you do, but I like a lot of the older stuff, too. Yeah, pop. You know, current from, pop just loses me, so... Oh, man. I don't listen to anything current on the radio, though. Well, by current, I mean the last 10 years. No, yeah, I agree. I'm, a, I'm down with... I think the last... Mm, Maybe the last five years, I just started listening to like the classic rocks and then stuff on. Like, I have a '90s hip hop radio on Pandora that I listen to a lot. Oh yeah, yep, that's it's cool. awesome. Yeah, back when hip hop was good. Yeah, when they told stories with their raps. Back in the day. I almost busted out a, a beat there, but I restrained Damn myself. Let's <laughs> restrain oh. myself just. <laughs> Paul, I'm going to get you to sing one day. <laughs> Actually, I got you to it. sing already. <laughs> I already got you That's to sing right. yeah, Spice Girls. Yes. <laughs> uh, the celebrity death that year, we had Natasha Richardson pass away, which was actually very sad. That whole Liam, thing with her and Liam, Liam Neeson's Mason, wife, yeah. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart. Yeah, sad. Uh, Farrah Fawcett, and TV icon, passed away, hmm. along with B. Arthur, Ed McMahon, and the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Yeah, okay. That's a, that's a list for sure. That's a big sure. year. yeah. Was some, and I do remember when Michael Jackson died, how shocking that was. Yeah, I was at Mostly work and it was on TV. shocking that he wasn't arrested for pedophilia, but he died instead. But anyway. Yeesh. <laughs> there you go with the hot takes. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson fans, send all of your hate mail to the <laughs> Countdown PC. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, other news, the viral video of the wedding entrance to Chris Brown's Forever song came on YouTube. Did you, did you no, get that in but- Australia? Oh, I'm sure he did, but I'm not. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Okay, did you watch The Office? No. Fuck! God damn you, Paul! 
Anyways, they, they recreated it on the office for Jim and Pam's wedding. For those of you who are cool and know what this is, <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, then you definitely won't know this next item, which is the Dougie dance craze came out. Mm, teach no. me how to Dougie. Teach me how to Dougie now. No. Uh, all right. Tiger Woods sex scandal. Yep. All right. I'm all over that one. All right. We're back on board. And then Chris Brown beat the fuck out of Rihanna. Yeah. Also aware of that one. So ending on a high note. <laughs> What I'm going to do... God, 2009 was all over the fucking place. It was. Jesus. There's a lot of bad music, a lot of bad deaths, and it was not a great year. Oh, yeah. At least it, at least, uh, it did have the saving grace of Michael Jackson no longer putting out music. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You're getting gonna... me back now. I love Michael Jackson's music, and now I'm getting... I'm feeling heated. That might be where our spirit animal, like... <laughs> Diverges. diverges. No, it doesn't yeah. end. It just diver. It dovetails. It's just different. Just dovetailing okay. interest in music. Uh, I don't mind Michael Jackson music. I'm just, I'm just pressing <gasps> buttons. That's fine. I do the same thing. I just want to <laughs> congratulate you for the wonderful hatred that you spewed all over Mother. Oh, I love you. You are very welcome. And I knew that you and there's a couple of other people out there who also really hated it. And I don't care if it makes me and and perhaps those of us who don't like it seem like we are. Philistines or, or whatever, that film is just complete and utter garbage and a vanity yeah. project. And that's all it is. Well, if you remember when I walked, watched it, I walked out of it. And I told you mm-hmm. I was like, this sucked. And you were like, well, if you hated it, I think I know where I'm going to land. And I was like, oh, thank God we're the same. Yeah. Made me and feel it so much better. It was. And it was, it was like, a, anyway, you can listen to our worst 10 of the year and find <laughs> out just how high that falls. But we're not here to talk about Mother and all its shitness. We're here to talk about a show that, that was at its peak, probably one of the finest comedies ever made for TV. And after this quick promo break, we'll be right back to discuss it. Your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Tip 21. If your portable telephone rings whilst you're enjoying a film... It is a dick move to answer your telephone and speak at a normal volume during a screening. Instead, exit the cinema and return the call in private. It should have been off anyway, fuckhead! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Donde esta la biblioteca? Me llamo T-Bone, la araña discoteca. Discoteca, muñeca, la biblioteca. Es un bigote grande, pero manteca. Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño. Cabeza es nieve, cerveza es bueno. Buenos días, me gustas papas frías. Bigote de la cabra, es camarón días. Yeah, boy, boy. Yeah. What? It's 2009. We're... All right, we are back. And Paul, are you ready to talk about this fucking... I'm going to just go ahead and call it a fucking hilarious show because I'm going to choose to remember it for all of its highlights and then we'll bash it later because that's what we do. Yeah, well, it's um, almost like this podcast could be in, in two parts. You know, sort of part one, seasons one to three, and part two, seasons four through six. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Community aired on ABC from 2009 to 2015. Had, like you said, six seasons. Uh, it's rated an 8.5 on IMDb, which is impressive considering that only half of it is good. Mm, okay. <laughs> it was created and written by Dan Harmon, who you all would know from Rick and Morty fame, starring Joel McHale, Jillian Jacobs, Danny Pudi, Allison Brie, Yvette Nicole Brown, Donald Glover, and Chevy Chase as the main characters, we'll say. Uh, the logline or the plot 
uh, setup is that a suspended lawyer is forced to enroll in a community college with an eclectic staff and student body. Hmm. That's that's putting it very generally. Yeah, well, it's hard to summarize a show like this, oh. which was really all over the place and, and tackling a lot of different themes and employing a sort of different way of storytelling, which I think Harmon may have if not created, then certainly has added to the story circle template. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like a, from, and I don't know enough about this, so I'm sure there's some of your listeners will know a lot more, especially those huge community fans, but basically where you, you kind of circle around and come back to themes every so often rather than just beating one to death for the first four or five or six episodes of a season and then jumping to something new. Right. It's not nearly as linear as a lot of sitcoms tend to be. It's, no. It reminds me, honestly, with the, A, the number of main characters, and B, how it, like you said, kind of comes back in with themes. It reminds me a little bit of Arrested Development. And I know that I love to talk about that show, but it's very quick. It's very witty. It has a lot of running gags, stuff like that. That's just, you have to really be a fan or you have to watch it to really appreciate just how good it is. But most sitcoms, you can basically pick any episode, like The Simpsons. You know, yep. early Simpsons at least, just about everybody in the world a huge fan in the first, let's say, eight, nine, ten years, give or take. And you can just put a random one on and it will effectively start at the same point and it will get everything back to that same point by the end. So it doesn't matter when you watch or how you watch them, you're going to be able to appreciate and get a laugh out of it. Whereas something like Arrested Development and definitely Community, you kind of got to watch from the start if you're going to truly appreciate what's going on with the jokes. Yeah. I think I told you uh, last time we talked about this when we were on Gerald's show, but I'll you know tell my listeners, I watched this show for the first time, I want to say maybe a year or two ago on Hulu, and this show is what prompted me to upgrade to the no commercials plan because I was so enraptured and so much enjoying it that I didn't want to wait for these 30 and 45 second commercials to interrupt everything I was watching. I just, I wanted to blur right through it and I was loving it. That's it. That's this it. show and- had me by myself laughing out loud to the point where I was almost crying. There you go. That, I mean, how big an endorsement is that? If you're laughing with a crowd of people, that's one thing. But if you're laughing by yourself when you're watching it, that's a whole other thing entirely. I fucking love this show. Halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Look, again, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so Dan Harmon we'll just say bases... the caveat's implied halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Dan Harmon based this on his own experience. Like, he had a girlfriend, apparently, who was at community college, and so he took a Spanish class with her and got embroiled in a study group, which, quote-unquote, against his better judgment, and some of the personalities there really became quite overwhelming. And so he created this show around that idea, and that's exactly what happens to Jeff Winger, so the, the suspended lawyer you talked about, who's played by Joel McHale. He kind of gets reluctantly involved with the study group of these very eclectic characters and they are some of the best TV, some of them, some of the best TV sitcom characters ever. And like to woo Chevy Chase out of his sort of semi, I'm so rich and the world loves me and fuck everybody retirement is kind of an amazing thing. And though eventually him falling out with Dan Harmon was pretty much what got him fired from the show because Dan Harmon couldn't stand Chevy Chase and started uh, ragging on him. And do you ever hear the... uh, the recording someone made of Dan Harmon ragging on Chevy no. Chase. Yeah, it was out there and viral for a while at the end of season three. And that was, I'm pretty sure that was the straw that broke the camel's back for the producer, the executive producers of the show. So fired Dan Harmon from his own show. That must have been some very interesting contractual negotiations. Oh, absolutely. That had to have been brutal. And then they had to sit there and fall on their faces with the shit that they got for oh. season four, how bad it was. And then go crawling back on their knees and bring him back. 
and he did come back, which is kind of yeah. amazing. But but uh, as we've implying, it never. It's better. Five and six is better than season four, but it never gets back close to the greatness that was the first season three. And the guys who did season four, David Gurusiko and Moses Port, I have never heard of them again. Not that I I have been looking for their names, but it's not like they're running a really famous other alternative show. So no. I can't remember what their pedigree was and how they got the gig, but they must have done something before. But they just dropped the ball with these characters massively. Yeah, they they ruined everybody. Um, the only other thing I saw from the little trivia stuff was that NBC had actually canceled it after season five and that Yahoo.com picked it up for the last 13 episodes of season six. That's right. So, yeah, so it was on NBC and, uh, and, then, Yah- and then Yahoo came to the rescue effectively because the ratings never really recovered after season three. No, and I they, think honestly they probably lost a lot of people after season four, and they weren't willing to go back to it even with Harmon returning. That's right. Yeah, people, people are fickle. People, new shows. What, however many twenty, thirty, forty new shows come out every year. So you want to stay relevant. You want to stay involved, and you've got to keep your finger on the pulse. And one bad season is enough to turn a lot of people off. And yeah. that was clearly the case here. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, can I? Can I just? <sighs> you do whatever you want, Paul. Can I just we spend a little bit of time on the characters before we get too much into the trouble back behind of the behind the scenes of the show? Like everybody is memorable. Like probably arguably the least memorable and the straightest character in the show was was Yvette Brown as as Shirley. Exactly. Yes, you are one hundred percent in sync with me. And she's yeah. still great. You know. So for me, she falls off and gets like I liked her the most in season one. After that, she got really like always talking like this all the time and being really preachy. Well, she's the mother of the group. I, so yeah. I get that, but she in the first season, which I rewatched a couple episodes before we talked tonight, she actually talks in a normal voice sometimes and is a little bit more relatable. And then she just got a little more grating for me. Fair she's enough. actually my least favorite character. Her and Chevy Chase are kind of tied for uh, my least favorite characters. Uh, I liked Chevy. Ch- I mean. <sighs> I guess he's channeling his arrogance and the like. He's playing this really rich dude who's kind of there forever and doesn't really... He's kind of a on the spectrum, potentially. Yeah. He just doesn't really get social engagements at all. And he really wants to fit in, but he just does the wrong things and says the wrong things all the time. So that's where his comedy for him comes from. He is we super get... fucking offensive, by the way. Yes. My God, the shit that he says. And he and he's... Wayne could have a contest. <laughs> and because he's... I don't know, I guess 60-odd in the show. That's how they sort of portray him, that he's just out of time and most people in community college are much younger and more hip and with it and, and tolerant and he's just not. Uh, we can't really go any further without talking about uh, Troy and Abed. I've, I love Troy and Abed so much. So Donald Glover and Danny Pudi. So Donald Glover's obviously very famous in a number of different ways, Childish Gambino and the like, but Danny Pudi, this is kind of... His sort of one big shot, and geez, he, he did a great job of it. The two of them bouncing off at each other. Uh, Troy and Abed in the morning. Troy and Abed in the morning. We really appreciate you doing this. Oh, sure. And three, two, one. Troy and Abed in the morning. And we're back. Look who's here. Jeff Winger. Jeff, how do you stay so fit? Uh, diet, exercise, genetics. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, so it seems as though we have a clip. You want to set it up for us? Uh, I'd like to, but I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we'll just roll it. Ooh, my name's Jeff Winger. Ooh, yeah. Hey, I'm Jeff Winger. I'm so tall. Oh, this watch is expensive. Muscles are everywhere. Oh, that was really funny. Guys, what's going on? Where are the cameras? Oh, we're not filming this. No, who'd want to watch this? Oh, guys, it's 6 a.m. Jeez. 
We're not going to have him back. Troy and Abed in no. the boat. And that they're recording, but there's no actual cameras or anything. They get Jeff up at 6 a.m. to (laughs) do the whole spot. Their friendship, though, is so touching, and it really grows Uh. organically through those first three seasons. You really... You, you really fall kind of in love with them falling in love with each other in a in a mutually platonic kind of way. That's a bromance that I want in my life. I just, I love their interactions. I love the way that they support each other and like balance each other. Their handshake. I When I was working at a previous job, there was a guy that I was friends with and we did the Troy and Abed uh, handshake or high five every day when we started work. It was nice. awesome. Nice, yeah. And just about everybody can can picture those two together and doing their thing. And I actually said Pierce might have been on the spectrum, but actually, let's face it, Abed, Abed, Abed is totally on the spectrum, but he's also uh, very observant and arguably the the most intelligent member of the group. So yeah. when he really you know, sticks his mind to something, he, he kind of nails that. Uh, the, the two other women in the group, Gillian Jacobs is kind of the... She's, she's pretty funny. She's such a good actor, Gillian Jacobs, I think, that... She could have just been the pretty kind of offsider, the romantic lead to Joel McHale's Jeff Winger, but she mm-hmm. grows into be so much more than that. And a, and a mess, you know, she becomes a bit of a neurotic mess, which She's sucks. a disaster. But the first three seasons, she's kind of a bit more balanced and she is not just about being desirable, but she seems intelligent and her anarchist, atheist ideas seem to have a bit of balls to them, so to speak. And then they just make her increasingly over the top by the end, which sucks, but yeah. That's what they do with a lot of the characters. They make them, they take them from being these multidimensional, multifaceted characters, which you can relate to and are very entertaining, to very flat, one-dimensional characters. And just, it doesn't have that same attention to detail and that same kind of love that, you know, made it special in the beginning. Yeah. And you know that basically they started to drop off. The cast started to pull away by the end of season four. So Chevy Chase went and uh, Donald Glover went. Donald Glover, yeah. Uh, Yvette Brown went and so they were when the, the core cast starts dropping off they have to beef up the secondary characters and I, I missed one ma- other major character which of course Alison Brie is Annie who's the I mean she's super intelligent <laughs> super competitive um, she's a compulsive overachiever she's also very pretty so they kind of play that off against each other and at times weirdly imply there might be something between her and Jeff which was an uncomfortable dynamic even though I guess in the show they're probably only I say only, but 10 or 12 years age different. Yeah, well, because it's community college, you've got all the different ages, like you said, with peers. So Jeff is probably, I want to say, like early 30s, I would yeah. guess. Yeah, And, and then Britt is 20s. like 27, and Annie's 18. She's 18 in the show. She's she 18, yeah. She's fresh out of fucking... Because remember, she had the whole Adderall fit, which is why she didn't get to go to real college, and she had to go to community yeah, okay. college. Okay, yep, yep. <laughs> she ate all the Adderall and ran through a plate glass window. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yes, it is awkward and weird. And when, I guess when yeah. she's 24 and Jeff's 37, it might be a bit more acceptable, but it's still, yeah. That's, I, I don't know why they brought that into play. It, that kind of didn't work as a storyline. But when they were just friends, that was that was pretty cool. And she was great. Another offsetter character that it gets her moments to shine. And that's what that's what's so good. Everybody gets their moments to shine in this group. Arguably, Jeff Wing is a major character, but lots of episodes aren't about him. So it's awesome. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite episodes that you can think of offhand? Yeah. Except, can I mention the two support characters who end up becoming oh, yeah. really oh. big characters? Yeah, you can, You have to. Yeah. So Ben Chang is a teacher, uh, <laughs> extremely unstable teacher, played by Ken Yong, uh, and people know him from The Hangover if you haven't seen this show, then why are you listening to this if you haven't seen the show? And again, he's, he's 
some of the great storylines in, in the first three seasons come from his insanity, so it works. But when they start making it even more extreme, like he wants to blow up the school in the later seasons and is hiding down the basement stuff, it just goes to weird places. And yeah. Jim Rash uh, as Craig Pelton, so the dean of... What's it called again, the place? It's Fuck. Greendale. Greendale, thank you. Uh, the human being. <laughs> the Sorry. human being, and then they've got the anus on their uh, insignia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he he loves Jeff in particular, and I think loves in a love-love kind of way. Huda, that wasn't nice. I'm sorry, Shirley, but who wants to hang out in a blanket fort with grown men in tiny underoos? Hello. So, Jeffrey, I was just looking over your class schedule. Why? Uh, maybe it was a random spot check. Maybe it was a specific spot check. Maybe I'm making a scrapbook. Uh, 100%. Yeah, described as a bit of a pansexual imp, and he's constantly dressing up in these weird and out there and just walking into the study group because he kind of wants to be a part of the study group. Weird stuff. But he's quite funny, again, early on, just has just enough of a presence without taking over episodes. But later on, they have to make him have his own episodes because the cast is getting thin. And again, yeah. doesn't work in large doses. No, exactly. That's what I've talked about in other shows where everything is done in moderation and you can really just, you know, enjoy it. And when they start beating you over the head or just making it very blunt with everything, it makes it really unenjoyable. It makes you feel like you're stupid when you're watching it. Whereas before it was kind of a smart man show. You had to really, like you said, keep up with it and follow it and pay attention. And then the rest of it was just like, oh, I get it. Okay, done. Perfect. Exactly. Well, not quite as eloquent as you said it, but <laughs> no, 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 that nailed it. Nailed it. Gets it gets the point across. <laughs> All right. So, favorite episodes? You said we talked about the characters overall. Who are your favorites, generally speaking? From the main group, or yeah, from, thing from, about... from the ones that are in a shit ton of episodes. Not necessarily from the main seven, but characters that you really enjoyed that stood out to you that you loved every time you saw them. Uh, it's hard to go past Arbed and Troy as the main two like everybody else has their moments to shine i like them all in those first three seasons with the exception possibly of pierce not like him but i like what he was doing in the show um but then they get these other dudes who just pop up and, and women who pop up at all random intervals so like um i can't remember his name but the pop, starburns pop starburns oh, magnitude pop pop yep that's his one gag he just comes in because he did it in whatever episode it was. When they were running for some kind of council yeah. or something like that. And he's, his whole platform is, and I'm going to make things pop, pop. And, and that gets a laugh. And so he just comes back at random intervals and just pop, pop. And they even make reference to his pop, popping. And then it becomes a thing in one episode. They're all saying pop, pop to each other. It's, that's just great. I think I when he things. dies in, in one of the paintball episodes, his dying words are pop, pop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping head to favorite episodes there. Definitely, that's going to make a comeback. Uh, oh, yeah. Starburns, I think, is played by someone who knows Dan Harmon because I've seen that dude on Dan Harmon's podcast because they do video casts of that. And uh, so he obviously just got written in as this dude who, I don't know, he's like a, an aging rocker type thing and he's got these He's a total burnout. Yeah, and he's been there for a long, long time. So uh, very, very, very funny. <laughs> I want to say, and I'm checking this on IMDb while we're talking, I want to say Starburns might have been one of the writers for the show. Okay, maybe that's why. I think yeah, I read that in trivia at some point. Yep, he was one of the writers. I was right. There you go. That would be why it's friends with Dan Harmon, I guess. Yeah, so he might have been one of the writers that left when Dan Harmon got fired and then came back with him. Yeah, his name's Dino Stamatopoulos. Yeah, good luck pronouncing that properly. 
So <laughs> anyway, yeah, he was great. There, there's lots of these little little characters. Even some of the the other teachers that get a little uh, cameos here and there as well were, were good fun too. I totally agree with you. Troy and Abed are my two favorites. And Jeff Winger is probably right after that. Not to go too far into favorite episodes, but the physical education episode where he has to take the billiards class. That shit's fucking hilarious. Do you recall that? When he's having to learn how to play pool and he has the strip pool game with the teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know. He has this great dry sense of humor. And I always love Joel McHale on the soup. Did you get the soup down there? Yeah, it's on... Uh, pay channels very very late at night so he's just got such a great dry sense of humor he's very sarcastic and he just he doesn't give a fuck and i just i love that about him for me it's really the storylines that is what sells community and makes it the com- funny because dan Harmon is clearly a funny guy he's irreverent and off the cuff and off the wall and if you listen to his podcast or watch his video cast he really does go some weird places like what the fuck dan Harmon?" but but when he nails it, he absolutely nails it. And apparently he would rewrite every episode that the writers turned in. So it always had his voice present through those first three seasons. And that's why there is such a arguably very consistent last. Like I would say the first season, it takes four or five episodes to get a sense of what's going on really here. But then mm-hmm. once it starts to hit, it's just like uh, Arrested Development, bang, 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 bang. Laugh after yeah. laugh after laugh. It doesn't have a lull, really, in my opinion. It just, it keeps building and growing. And you expect, like, there's always a couple episodes that'll drop off. And you're like, ah, it was all right. This, for me, did not do that at all. It just kept getting better. And I was like, how is this guy doing it? And I feel like his writing style, and like you said, he's off the wall and, like, all goes off all over different places. It kind of reminds me of how my brain works, where, you know, you just go off in these crazy tangents and you end up God knows where. And he just finds a way to write it, and it's so quick and so funny and amusing. And I just, I thought that it was impossible to replicate, which we see later on. <laughs> yeah, it's even for impossible sure. for Dan Harmon to replicate it. But like anything, once you mine a, a great idea, eventually it's going to run thin. You can't keep uh, year after year after year unless you get fresh writers in, have re- fresh perspectives. It must be it must be difficult. One hundred and ten episodes, the first what. 63 or so are, are quality they diminish after that although they're still in the last five or season five and six there's a couple of good laughs within there and some good throwbacks to early on and it, and it is heartfelt when some of the characters do depart the series like do you remember how troy left on that float of a boat i'm not yeah. even gonna pretend like i don't cry like i get all teary i'm like how am i crying at this and he's got uh lavar burton on the boat with him that's it and he finally has the ability to talk to lavar burton too he's got his confidence i'm just like oh I love it. Uh, the first episode of Community I ever watched is actually one of my favorites. Oh, really? Okay. It would come on TV at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I always scroll past it and didn't really want to get into it or didn't feel like it was going to be that great because, honestly, on The Soup, Joel McHale would have the cast members come on and plug the show, and I was like, this does not look funny. They're all just acting stupid. <laughs> yep. So I eventually there was nothing else on TV, and so I ended up watching... Uh, an episode from season three, and it was the episode done entirely in 8-bit. Yeah, because every every epi- season, yep. It was so creative and so funny, and it just it sucked me right in, and that's when I started watching it on Hulu right after that. Ep- Is that the one where they go to, Horth- to Pierce's house? Yeah, and then yeah. his dad had created the video game that he had to win in order to, like, I think, get the family business or to win something or whatever in his will. But there's one point where I think Shirley and Allison or and Annie are trying to 
get like they accidentally kill somebody and Andy's like, oh no, we gotta do this. And then Shirley just goes crazy and starts murdering everybody else. It was all over the fucking place. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a that's a theme of this of this series that they would throw in this weird animated style episode most seasons. Certainly by the by the end there's a felt there's an episode where they're all felt puppets. Yeah. Yeah, that one wasn't wasn't as good, but again, at least it's creative and they're trying something different. And of course, we get those uh, the season finale episodes are usually pretty creative as well. And the um, the Halloween episodes were also a lot of fun. In fact, I love the Halloween episodes. Yeah, introduction to epidemiology or something like yes! that. I think I think was if we're getting into episodes, I think was yeah. season two's Halloween yeah. one, and it's that's this- awesome. It's not only is it. I love horror movies and I love zombie films and not as is it play on all those tropes, but they actually get bitten and they all start getting turned. It's like, oh, who's going who's gonna to survive this? And then we get to see Arbat as Batman. <laughs> well, no, the Arbat oh, as no Batman winger? is the other one. No, is this it, is the one where Arbat oh, and Troy have the couple's costume as Ripley and Ripley in the fucking Aliens 2 oh, gear. Yes, the, and he's the, the alien. Yeah, very yes. good. Uh, you're right. I'm, I'm mixing them up, but yeah, you're mixing the, them up. Now the Batman was fucking one. hilarious. That was the first season. Yeah, I think that might have been the episode where I went, okay, this show's gone from good to great. The f- I'm mixing the two in my head. But then the season two one is just awesome as well. But my favorite episodes, without doubt, are the paintball episodes. Yes, they're right. so good. You the first tell. one. You and I probably, did you do the thing? Because I saw in the trivia, somebody told me that there's references to, I want to say, 25 action movies throughout that first paintball episode. And so I'm literally watching it and trying to spot, like, Die Hard, da 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 And I'm like, it's awesome. And there's Hard Boiled was in there. Yeah, there's, I haven't gone and read about that. So, but absolutely, it's just an awesome way to end the season and leave everyone really excited about what's coming back. So... <laughs> That um, episode is probably in my top five for this show. Yeah, so I think that one's called Modern Warfare, and so I, I can see it now. So it includes my favorite shot from from Community ever, which is Winger in his look, dressed like uh, John McClane, his his white uh, singlet and his black pants, diving away from this huge explosion of paint. Yeah, which is just awesome. Uh, that- Rambo, Predator, Matrix, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, some other homages, hom- homages through that particular episode. If you want to watch a good episode of Community, watch that one because it's great. fucking great. They're great, and then they, f- they call back to it at the end of season two, where they have a double episode paintball episode, which are based on even westerns. westerns. Yeah, so Sergio Leone's films, and they're they're awesome as well. And then I think even it's though season- it's that that episode, that combo of episodes kind of trolls me because, like I told you, I don't like westerns, West- and then was- it had freaking Sawyer from Lost in it. <laughs> I was cringing a bit as I said that, wondering if you would like it, but and I saw your face and I'm like, Whoa. no, I love it. The other one that's kind of like that is when they do the floor is lava game oh, before, Tron- before lava. Troy leaves. I like that one a lot. That's a good episode, especially for season four. So yeah, that's the best episode good. season four. So the, like Easily. I said, there are some there are some laughs in the last three seasons that is not as good and consistent as, as the first three, and we have to talk about this episode: remedial chaos theory. The dark. Oh my god, you've got all episode. my same ones. Paul, I I can't even. <laughs> Go ahead. You talk about it. Well, this is one where they're all sitting around playing I think they're trying to play Yahtzee, but somehow it turns into every time they roll the dice, somehow, and I can't remember, we get uh 
a different timeline, a different alternative on what's going on for them, which eventually leads to evil Abed coming into play and gets thrown back to a lot after this episode. And more references you can count then to the darkest timeline. That's a timeline one where Pierce gets killed and Annie goes to the nuthouse and Jeff loses an arm and so everything goes bad for the group. I forgot about the whole dark timeline coming over. Oh my God, I forgot about evil Abed. (laughs) Who's got a goatee. (laughs) Yes. Because, of course, that's how you differentiate the evil twin. He's always yep. got some kind of dark facial hair. Oh, my gosh. I love that episode. And it was because it, it went, I want to say there was six rolls of the dice. So there was six different alternate realities. Yeah. And, right? then the, and then the regular. So I think there's seven seven overall. Um, yes. Basically, that that is it. Ugh, amazing. God, amazing stuff. That's such a good episode. Let me think. Another one that I liked. I just watched it the other day was the one where it's season one, I think episode four, it's when Shirley and Jeff get into the whole gossiping trend. (laughs) And then at the end of the episode, the end Troy and Abed thing that they do, they're making fun of people through the little, like, that they're seeing through the window, like, oh, I look like this person, da-da-da. And they start making fun of Jeff. And Jeff's like, hey, I'm not a 40-year-old Doogie Howser. He's like, wait, how did you know that? He's like, I can hear you through the window. So everybody they've been making fun of (laughs) can sit there and hear them. Oh, I think it's time for Burning Man. Ooh, I'm Saddam Hussein. Ooh. Nice to meet you, dude. Oh, wow. I love reading and being a desperate housewife. Hey, man, coming true. I love the desperate housewives. <laughs> I'm Dr. Doogie Seacrest. I think I'm better than everyone else because I'm 40. I'm not 40. I can hear you through the window, morons. Just pretend like you sleep. Just pretend like you were sleeping. Yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, Vance Dungeons and Dragons from the second season. I didn't season. like that one, if I recall. You didn't? Because this is one where, so. well, one. Refresh I guess my if, memory. Maybe I did. If you're an AD&D nerd, as I was 30 years ago or 25 years ago, um, it probably would resonate a bit more. But this is one where another side character, Fat Neil, comes back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's on the brink of suicide and they get him into the game of D&D that they, they, they play with him, for him, to try and show him that he does have friends. And it turns out that Jeff is the guy who's started him on the on the descent to suicide by naming him Fat Neil. Like it was all Jeff's fault in the first place. And even Pierce sort of learned something about friendship and dynamics and the like. So it's a bit more of a heartfelt episode, but it has so many funny things, including the Lord of the Rings type you know, grand narration to kick off the episode and, and all the rest of that. So, yeah. They do a couple of those different genre things too. Like we talked about with the different paintball episodes, but then they had that mafia episode that was very uh, Goodfellas, if I recall. Yeah. About the chicken yep. tenders. Yep. That's that's that one. There's the sort of law and order style investigation yep. one. With dun dun. That, that <laughs> very famous sound effect. Uh, the other one, another one that really springs to mind, which I really loved, was the and they threw back to it again. It might have been season two and season three, was the Pillow Fort. So, oh, the so, Pillow so, Fort. I was just watching the Blanket one because they yes. did, they did the huge first. Blanket Fort. At, the yeah. Blanket Fort was first because it's season two, two, episode 10. And then Pillows was the, was the third one. And I think Keith yep. David, that's where, because he comes into it later, I think, in the show, but he does the narration mm-hmm. as if it's a mockumentary type thing and how these two friends fell out and Troy and Arbed end up on opposite sides of this war. God, that was funny. It's just this 
show goes through all kinds of different genres. It doesn't feel that it doesn't restrict itself to just having to follow the sitcom thing. It just goes everywhere in media and brings in whatever it feels like for inspiration. And that's what keeps it feeling really fresh and fun in the beginning. Yeah, you're right. One of my favorite episodes, the debate episode, and the whole Annie and Jeff thing doing their debate is whatever, but it was Abed's making these movies that somehow predict the future and surely getting completely freaked out by it that cracked me the fuck up. Yeah, that rings a vague bell, but yeah, okay, yep. So Abed would make a movie and it would had all these people that looked like his different friends, like all the different seven cast members. All these actors looked oddly like them <laughs> and it would have like Jeff and Annie would end up kissing and then later on in the episode, Jeff and Annie kiss and Shirley is just so freaked out that he's the devil and stuff like that. That shit cracked me up. Yeah. So you need to watch that one again. Hold uh, on, look, I need to you. watch the whole first three seasons again. I do too. I might. I might. It was uh, season one, episode nine. One of the tragedies of this show, and I'm going to sound like a, a 4K snob here, is that it does. It's not out on Blu-ray. You can only buy it on DVD. Sucks. I don't want to watch. I don't buy stuff. I watch it on streaming. Well, yeah, sure, but that uh, I don't know. There is an option here to stream community, so we have files. Oh, you don't have Hulu, do you? No, we don't have Hulu. We only have. We have obviously have Netflix and we have an yeah. Australian version called Stan, but as far as I'm aware, none of them have community. So it's kind of one of those lost type of shows, which sucks a lot. Yeah, that does suck. Hulu's awesome, and that's why I prefer it to Netflix. I've got almost every TV show that I can think of, for the most part, is available on Hulu and like all of in its entirety. I've got Frasier, Cheers, all Ooh. of the TGIF, TGIF stuff like Home Improvement, Family Matters, everything you can think of is available. No commercials. Very nice. I need to get you to move to America. Yeah, that'd be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Not likely. (laughs) Probably not, but visit. There's a visit coming. There is. And we're going to spirit animal binge watch Hulu, and that's going to be your entire (laughs) visit. We're just going to sit and watch TV. That'll work. That'll work. That's what that's what uh, movie and TV podcasters do, right? We just watch TV all the time. Yeah, we don't do anything fun ever. No. Well, that is fun. That, that's our lifeblood, but yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you actually, we actually mentioned every episode aside from one that I had for my favorites, and there was like 14. Well, there you go. Paul, we are spirit animals. We so, are knocking so it out of the park. Go on, tell us. What's the last one? Season one, it was the Christmas episode. So Shirley, the description is Shirley plans a Christmas party for the study group, hoping to celebrate her Christian ways. And then she learns about everybody's different religious backgrounds. Meanwhile, Jeff stands up to a bully named Mike, which is Anthony Michael Hall. uh, And they get in this huge fight on the lawn or whatever for Christmas instead of being at Shirley's Christmas party. That one. Do you remember that one? No, no, I don't. Again, I have to revisit that one. You don't remember that one? No. So Anthony Michael Hall is like in cut-off sweatpants and like the sleeveless shirt. And he's always like trying to fight uh, or be mean to Joel McHale. And Britta's like, that's just repressed homosexuality. Like, you guys are being ridiculous. And then uh, Jeff says that he's going to follow, you know, Shirley's request and not fight because it's the holidays. And then Shirley sees how mean this guy's being. And she goes, just get him. And it goes into a full-out brawl with everybody. Like, all of the characters are fighting different people. And it's amazing. And Jeff doesn't actually get hit by anybody until Pierce punches him in the face. Okay, that that part rings a bell. (laughs) Of course that rings a bell. Okay, all right. We should mention one other thing. Go ahead. It's not so much an individual episode, but it's six seasons in a movie. So there's this running gag through which Arbeg creates where his favorite show, The Cape, it has to be, you know, no one else really watches it. I think think Troy might try and watch it as well. But Arbeg is obsessed with it, and I think he even dresses up as him at times. And he's like, 
we're, we're trying to get it going. Six seasons in a movie, and that became the catch cry for Community itself. So we've had six seasons, right? It got to six we're seasons. We've the movie. Haven't had the movie. But according to Wikipedia, so I'm not exactly searching real deep here, the most recent description or, or word from Dan Harmon was as late as July of last year, now we're recording very early in 2018, uh, that he was very close to signing a director who he thought could do the job right. So there is a chance a community movie could still be coming. It's not going to be a big budget, I imagine, but something that no. would bring it all together and finish it off. That would be amazing. Mm. Honestly, they don't need a big budget. As long as they've got the main cast to come back, I don't know how they do. Pierce probably is a ghost. Oh, I think if they could do... Didn't again, he... He died, right? Yeah. Did he die on the show properly? Yes, he did. He did die. So, yeah, because yeah, then, then Troy got all the inheritance. That's yeah. right. So, uh, he could be a force ghost. <laughs> that would be fine. Do not bring up Star Wars to me. <laughs> so, that would be pretty awesome. And I reckon they did it like one of those paintball episodes. That's the way to roll with this. Oh, yes. And if not the whole I... film, then like... A, the second act or maybe the third act it or leads even into a do paintball. like a mashup of all different genres and stuff like that and have it be like in little sections agreed i don't know yep or maybe if you show each of the seven characters from a different viewpoint and then each of them can be in a different genre oh okay like a rashomon type yeah that's pretty cool there you go you should uh contact dan Harmon. so i've got some ideas for you right I don't think that he... I think he would be rewriting a lot of what I write. <laughs> well, that's okay. As long as you get the writing as credit. As And the money for it. That's all good. Oh, I'll take the money in a heartbeat. You can rewrite whatever you want. <laughs> I even love the theme. At least it was here by a band I've never heard of called The 88. So, I usually watch this show or every show with subtitles because I have hearing issues. I didn't... I thought when I first heard the song that it was about suicide... Oh, and really? because it was like hate it well because i thought the lyrics were different oh okay so it's like give me some rope uh give me the hope to run out of steam and stuff like that and i was like oh wait what was it give me some rope i thought it was tie it to a tree give me the hope to run out of steam and i was like oh damn that is not the lyrics and it's not about suicide or killing yourself because you're in a shitty community college which is what i thought it was oh it's such a nice little do-do-do-do song i never i don't even know yeah. if i know the words yeah but that give me some rope Tie it to dream, give me the hope to run out of steam. Somebody said that we could be here, we could be roped up, tied up, dead in a year. Oh, 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 the reason I should stay. Like that. There we I'm go. gonna edit all that out. I no, just sing that for you. Tick, That's not fucking tick, saying in the show. Ashley singing done for this episode of Rabbit Ears. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning it into a rap thing where I'm gonna try to rap for people, but it's gonna have to be like Mace because he raps nice and slow. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Let's turn. Let's turn the focus on to the negative shit. Are you ready to let our hate fire spew? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks that Dan Harmon, uh, for all his creative uh, awesomeness, could not, so to speak, keep his dick in his pants. Not in a literal sense, but in his "I'm going to shit on everybody" sense. And so they fired him eventually. And then we got these two dudes who had done fuck all except something called Aliens in America, I believe. I've never I've seen. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and somehow that was good enough to get the job. They tried. I don't think they deliberately took a big steaming shit all over the first three seasons, but in trying to emulate what they saw was so good before, they really just dropped the ball with it. So they were fired. And as you said, the network went back to Dan Harmon and basically begged him to return. And Dan Harmon, I don't know how or what he effectively or how he effectively said it, but um, 
he said, okay, I'll come back. And he did a season five and it wasn't as well received and it was canned by NBC. And then Yahoo stepped in and, and gave him the sixth season streaming, I, I imagine with a much more limited budget. And we got probably a worst, was it worse than season four? No, but it wasn't great. It was It was time to end the show and I'm glad that they didn't beat it to death any further with a season seven. I don't know if they could have. I mean, it was so poorly received. I I don't even know if I've honestly, I don't even know if I've actually finished watching it all the way. I think I did. I think I suffered through it, but I have no recollection of anything really past season four just because it was so bad it wasn't worth remembering. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Yahoo marketed it as its final season. So they kind of said, we'll bring you on for one season that was never really going to to do more and the main reason apparently if you believe Joel McHale was well all our contracts were up so it would be too hard to get all these people to re-sign again they've all moved on to different projects so it was this is it this is a last 13 episodes or 12 episodes whatever it was gift to the fans is the way they kind of framed it yeah that's a gift I'm going to be returning <laughs> boom Christmas jokes uh, there was a few episodes that I didn't care for towards the beginning. There's one where Annie lost her pen and was just like flipping shit the entire episode. And that's what the whole episode was. I that have... one was really fucking grating. Okay. I have blocked out most of the last three seasons. <laughs> like it just did not. No, it's resonate. in the first season. Oh, that's in the first. Okay. It's in the first season. There you go. I blocked that one and out. And it turns out that Troy's monkey took her pen and he's like running around in the ventilation oh, system. Oh yeah, that I remember. Because <laughs> again, there were throwbacks yeah. to the monkey in the ventilation system. <laughs> exactly. Joke. There was the one where they were trapped in the space flight simulator and Abed was having to navigate them back. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for that one. Okay, yep. Um, the episode where Britta and Jeff are getting into a no-doy contest with some high schoolers where they just keep trying to insult each other. And it had Lisa Renna in it for some reason. Okay. I'm just going to go, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, that's fine. Anything I don't remember uh, there- <laughs> was obviously not great. Yeah, Abed's religious film that he's making where it turns into like... Oh, God. How do I describe this? It was... What's a really shitty director that does a lot of big... Oh, it was like if Michael Bay made a religious movie. Okay. That's basically what it was. And Shirley was obviously pretty put off by it. And then I didn't like the stop-motion Christmas episode at all, where you start to realize that Abed is losing his uh, hold on sanity. Okay, yep. Those are my five least-liked episodes in the first few seasons, so... I didn't know. Do you have any that you can recall as not liking since you block everything out you don't like? Well, I would agree that the Arbed's Christmas one was, was not great when they were yeah, stop motion, although the creativity that goes into that must have been incredible. So I want to acknowledge the, the technical side of it, but the, the comedy not so great. Yeah, you, you're talking about that digital one. That, that, no, that was good. The 8-bit one. Yeah, you like, you liked that one, didn't you? I like that one. Yeah. I liked, I, it made me laugh a lot and it was unexpected. So I like that. Can't think of anything. Honestly, else. I think you and I are the same where I've got only so much brain space. I had to look all this stuff up before we started because I couldn't think of anything I didn't like. I knew there was stuff, but it was just like all a big generalized mush in my brain where I was like, uh, I don't recall specifics. Probably that season three episode where it's all about Shirley's all about her sandwich thing wasn't great. Oh. That one that one didn't do much for me. That whole storyline of Shirley's sandwich thing can go fuck off. And her husband and whether they were uh, getting together. And she or... had she got pregnant and had a baby, which I didn't even remember. Yeah. There you go. So that not so great. I th- I think one thing I did like was the competition with the other 
community college nearby, the one that was more successful and the like, and that sort of plays into some of the paintballing stuff and the like as well. So that's a nice yeah. little throwback to create this external antagonist, if you will, for, for Greendale, which that's cool. So I don't know. Greendale, I think... a.k.a. Sunnydale. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, that's kind of this show, really. Like we could probably pick apart why the last three seasons sucked. Let's just say they sucked and everyone would agree as a rule with some general exceptions, whereas the first few seasons are amazing. As you said, though, with some exceptions that aren't perfect, but then what show is, but it's the ones that you, the rewatchability. I think if you watch this from start to finish again, at least seasons one through three, it'd be so much more funny, especially the, the early season, the first season, because you know, the characters better already, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Honestly, there's, this is one of the shows where I can put on, there's very few sitcoms where I can put on and just watch over and over again and they never tire for me. This one, Arrested Development, obviously, <laughs> New Girl is one of my favorites and I am embarrassed to say that, but it's true. <laughs> Mindy Project for the first couple seasons and that's about it for rewatchability for me, for sitcoms. Yeah, look, the so, only sitcom I've watched from start to finish, excluding the pile of excrement which is the scrubs med school season is scrubs scrubs i've watched one through eight the whole thing again and loved it the second time around so i'm not as big a rewatch person like i i want to see what new stuff is coming out i want to get on with it and watch it the next season of a great show or give a new show a try or if we're talking films then yeah i'll watch my favorites once or twice more but now these days there's just so much stuff coming out to keep up you've just got to move on to the next film See, I'm a little bit more like I feel, and this is probably because why I do a TV podcast, I feel like some of these shows are like family members that I haven't seen in a while. And so I like to watch them and like feel close to them and get, you know, all warm and fuzzy all over again. Yeah, and sure. It's like reconnecting. It's just, I don't know. They're all different aspects of my personality and my, they access different memories and make me feel happy. Yeah, that's fair. Or sad I or like mad. That. I like but that Yeah, I feel like these are all, you know, really shows that I can endorse fully and you know it's like with anything watch it until you don't like it and then stop watching it absolutely that's the way to go if you if it's something loses you then as i was saying earlier on plenty of other amazing shows out there that you can get on there's god i have so much to watch uh my favorite running gag for this show is easily the in credit scene that always happens and usually it's a troy and abed one that really makes me happy there was one that made me, the one that made me laugh out loud that prompted the no commercials purchase was Troy and Abed were in, I think they were doing something with the announcements in the office and they were just like cracking all these jokes and then they turn around and what appears to be older versions of them, which are janitors come in and they just stare at each other and they don't say anything and they just get freaked out and that was it. <laughs> yeah, okay, nice. I don't know why, but just the look on their faces was hilarious. It's just shit like that. Shit. Honestly, I feel like the show is stuff that you have to watch to really fully appreciate and that it's difficult to put into words exactly how funny it is because you're losing the visual medium. That is exactly the, the way it should be. Correct. <laughs> yes, you are right. Paul, do you have anything else you want to add before we get into our Mary Bang Kill round? Oh, shit. I haven't thought about this. This is important. Uh, good. It's off the cuff. Oh, I love it. I forgot. Um, okay. No, we should... We should uh, get into that while I rake my brains. Oh, this is going to be tough. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm going to you first. I'm not going first. Uh, all right. I well, always go last. Here we go. Well, this is what, actually it's not that hard. I'm I'm gonna kill. No. I'm gonna kill um, Ben Chang. He can just get right out of there, and the life will become a lot simpler for everybody. Then I'm gonna. Oh, hmm. oh you have a hard choice between Bang and Mary because you would. I would, if I were you, I'd prefer to bang both of them and marry neither of them. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I want to be clever and say something like I'd marry Abed, but I don't think we'd last too long because it, it'd be a fun two or three months, but then it would be all over, I reckon. So yeah. I'm going to go with bang Britta because that's about as, yeah, that'd be fun and, and, and a good time, I think. But then after that, you don't really want to be hanging around for too much more. And I'm th- therefore, by the process of elimination, I'm going to have to marry Annie. She's 18, bro. Not anymore. At the end of the, end of the show, <laughs> she's 25. Perfect. Yeah. Good save. I'm talking about Annie at the end of the show. The yeah, who- not at the beginning. No, no, definitely not, not when at the beginning. Not when it's jailbait. Nope, nope. All right, I'm looking at the list. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm trying to decide what kind of marriage I want to have, if I want it to be happy or if I want it to be sexless. Hmm. <laughs> Hang on. Those two are mutually exclusive? <laughs> no, but they are for these characters that okay. I have as my options. All right. All right. I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to kill Shirley. Okay. Just because I can't. Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to bang Jeff Winger. Fair enough. And... Oh, I think I'm going to marry Abed. I think I have to take the Abed one. Honestly, I can't marry Troy because he's not quite smart enough. All right. But Abed, I feel like I get his dry sense of humor. I feel like he and I could go to our separate corners and enjoy peace and quiet and then come together and enjoy things and it would be fine. And we could have really cool secret handshakes. Well, that would certainly sustain any marriage. So it's hard to argue past cool handshakes. <laughs> Shut up, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I think that I probably would prefer to marry Abed just because he's my favorite character, and so yeah. I'm just going to go based on that love and hope that it will carry us through until the end of time. Clearly, I went with a much more shallow perspective of things, so it's not like I should be sitting here and judging. <laughs> you can judge all you want. I do the same thing back at you. It's perfectly fine. I called you out for being a little creepy with the 18 year old, so. <laughs> well, I had it's to. Fine. I had to rescue myself. Yes. <laughs> Hey, in the movie, she might be 28 years old. Dude, did you watch Glow on Netflix? I watched the first episode and enjoyed it enough, but just haven't had time to go back to it yet. I did the same thing. I just finished it. But when I watched it and you saw uh, Alison Brie naked, that freaked me out so much because I was used to her as Annie. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm, I'm weirded out. In the middle, I've seen her play like sex pot roles, like get hard or something like that i think she was the wife who was, was she in yeah she was oh i didn't watch get hard i watched the other guys that's what it was okay, no she was in get hard i think playing his money grabbing wife or in another will ferrell film something like that yeah and their age difference is pretty extreme so she's like a trophy wife and all that kind of stuff so and she's dressed in uh, revealing clothes let's put it that way and is using her sexuality to her advantage so in my head she's older than than certainly season one of, of community that's all I had in my head, and that's all I had to go on previous. And so seeing her in Glow freaked me out. Okay. I watched it when it first came out for that first episode, and I didn't even finish the first episode and then just finished it a week ago. Nope. Can't. Oh, so you have gone back and done it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, mm, nope. Maybe um, not. Maybe not. It's so uncomfortable. And then, yeah. Anyways, if you want to watch Glow to see her naked, go for it. But she doesn't look that great. 
Uh, they're not. They're not. If I remember correctly, and again, three, four months ago, I watched it. Clearly, not that memorable. Um, they weren't trying to glam it all up in that moment. Oh, not at all. No, no it was very, very realistic looking, and I appreciate that because not all women look have the time to do all that shit all the time. Uh, or ever. Or ever. <laughs> Virtually. <laughs> Some of them don't. Paul can attest to that, seeing as how I'm on video chat right now. So, oh, come on, what time is it? <laughs> it's uh, like eleven twenty on a on a Monday night for you. That's correct. Good job. You're so good at math. I'm going to just use you. You're going to be my lifeline whenever I need math done. Feel free. Send it through. As long as it's uh, nothing too complicated, I can do it in my head. Perfect. All right. Now, whenever I'm doing an episode of Rabbit Ears and I can't figure out math, I'm going to shoot you a quick message. Do it. (laughs) 13 hour time difference be damned. I will be on call. Perfect. All right, Paul, if you would like to tell our listeners where they can find your podcast, The Countdown, movie and television reviews with yourself and Wayne, please do so right now. Well, I'll just say it very simply. If you Google The Countdown movie and TV reviews, you will find us. We we do pop up, I believe. If you just type The Countdown movie, uh, I think we pop up first or second on Google. And we're on Twitter at The Countdown PC. That's probably all the essential information that anyone needs to know if they want to find us. There is one more piece of essential information. If you guys want to do the Countdown PC a great service, then listen to their episodes on the Podomatic app. That's true. Is that not correct? That Ta-da! is true. Yeah, on the app or on the web on the web browser, that really does help our rankings on Podomatic. It doesn't have an effect anywhere else, but it it's nice to look like we're in the top ten TV and film uh, podcasts on Podomatic. Doesn't happen that much these days, but uh, but it's nice to be around there. Well, you deserve to be. And as always, both of us would appreciate an Apple podcast review. For sure. Uh, yeah. Say whatever you want and give us some field feedback. If you don't like something that either of us are doing, let us know so we can fix it and we can make you happy. And if we don't want to fix it, we'll tell you tough shit. <laughs> but review, well, despite that, review Rabbit Ears first because Ashley's a newer show and, and those reviews go a long way towards helping new shows climb up the rankings. I don't even care about the rankings. I just want to make a fun show for everybody. Well, you're doing that. So, success. Tick. Yay. That's a New New Year's resolution for 2018 complete uh, within the first 24 hours. Well done. Fuck yeah. (laughs) I'm excited. Oh, wait. There goes my resolution for not swearing. Oops. I think you might have done that. I would never make that resolution. I think you've done that a few other times in the last hour. So, and so have I. I. Well, we don't fucking care. Like we said, not safe for work. Not safe for fucking work. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly where I'm going back to tomorrow. Fucking work. Hooray. Holidays are over. Well, Paul, I had such a good time talking with you like I usually do. Thank you for being, I guess, uh, flexible with this quick last minute change. No problem at all. Thank you for having me back on the show. And you are in my list of, very high on my list of people who need to be on our show. So like I said, so you and uh, Wayne can have at it and I can just sit back and laugh at as it all unfolds. Well, what's going to happen is it's going to be the spirit animal team up and Wayne's going to be so put off or put out that he's getting like beat up on. I'm going to find some kind of soundboard to like go at him with as well. Like with really long clips, just so (laughs) you and I irritate the shit out of him and watch him explode. Uh, Yeah, that's good. That works for me. (laughs) I can't wait. Uh, Thanks so much, Ashley. And keep on doing the great stuff you're doing. Can't wait for the future episodes. Right back at you, buddy. Thank I you. love your episodes. So, Love Fest, mwah! There's Love Fest over. Oh, hang on. Mwah. <laughs> Spirit Animal Fly, the end. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network.
check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Vaughn's breath is so bad his butt's mad at his mouth. This rap is Bob Pierce. Vaughn is dumb. He wears diapers to bed and sucks his mother's thumb. And when he wakes up stupid wishing he was me, he has a big poop breakfast with a glass of pee. Then he goes to school where he's stupid again. And everybody hates him, even all his friends. When you come after Pierce, then the battle is on. So this rap goes out to stupid Vaughn. Uh-huh. Well played, Pierce. This isn't over. Troy and Abed in the morning. Nice. Welcome back, all you night owls. Troy, why don't we open up the phone lines? Talk to us, lonely hearts. We got Jeff W. calling. Hello? Hey, Jeff, what's your question? Who is this? Great question, we're us. You guys, it's three in the morning. I'm trying to sleep. I'm sorry to hear that, Jeff. Why don't you stay on the line and we'll get your information. Yeah, we'll get you the help you need. Our next caller is Annie E. What's on your mind tonight, Annie? Hey, guys, long time, first time, love the show. Oh, appreciate you. How can we help? You can shut up and go to sleep! Well, Jackson Jills, that's about all the time we have tonight. Yeah, until next time, may your dreams be sweet and your nightmares be spooky, monster scary, and not Grandma died scary. Troy and Abed in the morning. 